desperately wants to be in your house. Concrete Man. This is a Concrete Man special report. Yes, welcome everyone indeed to Concrete Man in your house. All right, let's take it over to Johnny C. Thank you, Vince. As always, I appreciate when you can take time from your very busy schedule to come visit us here in the Aqua Cave to do the intros to Concrete Man. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming to you from very unique circumstances. As we said up top, this is a special Concrete Man special presentation of In Your Brandon. What? All right, folks. That's right. Normally, you'd be tuning in to hear all about the beatings of the seasons here on Concrete Man. But I wanted to just slow down for a minute and kind of take a look at some of the scenarios and situations surrounding all the house-related items uh, that we still need to clean up from the Great White North. And what do I mean by that? Well, we talked in our last episode of Concrete Man about how Vince McMahon blew his load, or his shit, I should say, because blowing your load is a good thing, as long as it's in a consensual position. Uh, You don't want to do it somewhere that you shouldn't. But British Bulldog and Diesel in their main event at the Great White North pushed Vince McMahon to his limits, and he threw his headset down and said, Awful! Just awful! And I want to take a look at the episode of Monday Night Raw from the very next day, October 23rd, 1995, live from Brandon, Manitoba. All right, get down, get funky. Because, well, first of all, I love that it's from Brandon, Manitoba, because the whole night Vince is like, Brandon, Manitoba, all right. But it definitely sounds like a superstar's day where he would yell, get down, get funky. Uh, Why am I doing this? Well, for practical purposes, Vince McMahon only leads the commentary team on so many in-your-houses. And uh, we don't want to let the concrete man concept die so soon. But from an artistic perspective, I am very curious what Vince McMahon has in store the next night after losing his shit. All right, Will there be any noticeable changes to the product or presentation? Now, I highly doubt it. He doesn't seem like the type of person to throw everything out overnight. But on the flip side, you know, he kind of does seem like that type of person. It's very weird. I'm not saying that to be jokey-jokey or funny, even if it's just in my own head. Like, I, I don't know that he would throw everything out to, like, the utmost extremes, but I am interested in if we can determine or figure out or learn any little tidbits along the way. So I thought, you know, since we've been living in 1995, that might be fun to just take an episode of Concrete Man in a different direction. However, we will keep the In Your House living document alive. If Vince McMahon happens to yell In Your House out of context, we will absolutely do that. And to make this feel like every other episode of Concrete Man, we will award the AEIOUs, the most exquisite and most difficult to obtain awards in house-related entertainment. However, this go-around, the AEIOUs will be awarded to whatever we want. It doesn't have to be in your house quotes. So here we go, in your branded. All right. So the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment intro happens. And then the very first words 
for curious viewers tuning in to this edition of Monday Night Raw. Why did Big Daddy Cool Diesel and Brett Hitman Hart go toe-to-toe in a melee in your house? And we see some footage of that taking place. And damn it, I wondered why my house was such a mess when I got home last night. And this must be the reason why. There was a melee! Vince promises that tonight, Alundra Blaze takes on Bertha Faye in a World Wrestling Federation Women's Championship match. Well, that could be fun. And then we get some live footage of the ring. Because remember, this is the one time in the next month that they're live. The night after a pay-per-view. And uh, apparently, there's going to be a 20-man over-the-top battle royal for a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. We get a video recap of the Intercontinental Championship saga. (laughs) Not to be confused with the Infinity Saga from Marvel. Uh, Live from In Your House, the Great White North. We get our opening video from Monday Night Raw, and here we go, folks. Confession time. I had absolutely zero idea that the famous shots of the cop cars the police officers running with the flashlights, and the mob of people running into the fence and, like, slamming it back and forth that you that are normally found, to me anyway, in the DX intro video. Those are all shots from the 1995 Titan Towers uh, Monday Night Raw opening video package. I had no idea. I thought that was just random stock footage that they pulled. No idea. I famously talked about my uh, disassociation from wrestling in 1995 before, so I won't dive into it again. But holy shit, here in your Brandon, all right, I've learned something, and I'm happy that I did this experiment, if for nothing else. We are live from the Keystone Center in Brandon, Manitoba, as Vince tells us. And there are 17 Jamokes already in the ring. Am I allowed to say that? I don't really know what it means. I think I heard it on Monday Nitro. If it's offensive, I'm sorry. (laughs) All right, here we go. So, Owen Hart. Oh, these are the guys already in the ring for the Battle Royal, I might add. Owen Hart, King of Hearts. Portuguese Man O' War, Aldo Montoya. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Barry Horowitz. Bob Holly, start your engines. All right. Uh, The Dumpster. Making a difference, Fatu. Hakushi. The Big Arkansas Hog Farmer, Hank. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Kama, King Kong Bundy, Red Radford, Savio Vega, all right, get down, get funky, Skip, and one, two, three, kid. Here comes Marty Jannetty, fresh off of a loss to Goldust, but also fresh from a victory over his Demons King. Here comes Psycho Sid. Vince calls him unquestionably one of the favorites to win a 20-man battle royal over the top rope. Sid enters the ring and he points and yells at all the various competitors like he wants them to get off of his lawn. We then get some pre-recorded comments from Sid and Marty Jannetty. Sid puts his hands on his head and speaks these words, and I quote, I forget what I would say. See, the winner of the Battle Royal, he meets Razor Ramon. Gonna be a Battle Royal group of guys. One guy, one super predator, one alpha, yeah, one man, the master and the ruler of the world. What? I mean, I get that he's trying to say he's some sort of apex predator like Godzilla or to a lesser extent Randy Orton, but he literally says, I forgot what I would say as his opening lines. I mean, why is this not up there with, 
Uh, uh, I'm sorry, pal, we're live. Oh, sorry, so sorry. Like, why don't people remember this? Marty Jannetty says, I keep trying to tell you, it's like this and like that. And as a matter of fact, it's like this and like that and like this and all. It's like this and like that and like this and all and like this. So who gives a fuck about hoes and just chill to the next episode. One, two, three into the four. Snoop Doggy Talk and Dr. Dre is at the door, ready to make an entrance. So back on up. Bow wow wow. That's the edited version. Anyway, he says, I'll repeat, I keep trying to tell you it's like this and like that. And as a matter of fact, Marginetti is most definitely back. And tonight, the winner of a 20 man battle royal gets a shot at you, Razor Ramon, next week. So. I'll see you next week. <laughs> there you go. Here comes the Unabobber. Isaac Yankum DDS. All right, get down, get funky. And here we go. The bell rings and run away. King Kong Bundy eliminated off camera immediately. And I don't mind telling you folks, I've never seen a less interested group of World Wrestling Federation superstars battle in a battle royal in my entire life. Vince says the battle royals favor large and big men, despite the fact that King Kong Bundy was just tossed like a sack of shit. Vince promises that tonight we'll hear from the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels uh, when Jim Ross conducts an interview. Uh, we get some more just punch, kick, punch, kick. Fatu with a headbutt out of nowhere. Then, um, apparently, uh, Aldo Montoya has been eliminated. We, we then get a replay of Skip tossing the Portuguese man of war over the top rope in slow motion. Vince yells, Aldo Montoya, skibbity da boop over the top. <laughs> Let me repeat, Aldo Montoya, skibbity da boop over the top. <laughs> okay, things slowing down a bit now. <laughs> and again, it's kick, punch, kick, punch. And no, sir, I disagree. They have been slow all along. We get a nice clear shot of Bam Bam Bigelow leaning against the ropes and sucking for some oxygen. All right, Bam Bam Bigelow, one of the favorites to win the Battle Royal. More slow action. Razor Ramon making history just last night in your house. Again, I wasn't even home last night, and we had a melee and history in my house. Savio Vega lays a punch into Owen Hart. Vince yells, Owen Hart pummeled. However, the closed captioning says... Owen Hart, primo. So the closed captioning here is clearly a racist because he thinks Savio Vega is primo of primo and epico fame because, you know, they all just look alike, says the closed captioning. We get more white shots of punch, kick, punch, kick, action all over Brandon in your house. <laughs> well, he actually says action all over the place. Seriously, this battle royal being the first thing that Vince McMahon presents to his audience after he blows a gasket, it's mind-boggling. We'll talk more about this when this thing's over. Marty Jannetty in the corner with the 1-2-3 kid on a stellar 20-man over-the-top battle royal. Just doesn't make any sense, Vince, but whatever. Owen Hart is doing a fantastic job in this battle royal, though. Basically cosplaying as HBK by bouncing all over for everybody and doing lots of rope-hanging spots. Which, again, we'll get into a little bit more at the conclusion. Bob Holly eliminated. Turn off your engines. Jerry the King Lawler's like, he spun out. And Vince mumbles, oh, so he hit the wall. <laughs> more time passes. 
Who knows who's going to win this battle royal? Anything can happen in the WWF. <laughs> the king then later says, Hey, did you see the kid over there with both his feet on Skip? Vince replies, Who? Like he doesn't even know who the fuck Skip is. Which honestly, he probably doesn't. He just knows who Sonny is. All right, Sonny here in my brand. And all right, Sonny, get down, get funky. Um, later in the match, look out, Psycho Sid, and Dumpster! That is verbatim what Vince McMahon yells to signify Sid kicking Duke the Dumpster Drossy in the face and Duke flying over the top rope. Maybe I should redo it now that you have the visual. Look out, Psycho Sid, and Dumpster! Vince then wonders if perhaps we'll see some allegiances formed. Maybe not, but we might get some divergence or insurgences or insurgence. Fuck those stupid movies. Uh, later, the closed captioning calls comma primo. Seriously, somebody says comma and it says primo. Now, earlier when I said the closed captioning was racist, it was just a gag because I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt because Vince says pummeled. And the closed captioning said, Primo. But now, he said, comma. And it says, Primo. Seriously, they all look alike. Indeed, closed captioning. What the fuck is your problem? I'm going to report you to the Peacock HR. Uh, <laughs> Henry Godwin, much like Bam Bam Bigelow previously, gets busted leading on the top ropes for some oxygen assistance. The big hog man looking for someone to take on here in the Battle Royal. Here we go. Fatu. Uh, apparently eliminated earlier by Kama. We then get a replay confirming that Fatu made a difference to no one when he was eliminated from this over-the-top rope 20-man battle royal for a championship match of an intercontinental basis. The 1-2-3 kid doing battle with Isaac Yankum over in the corner. Kid has Yankum draped. First of all, can you imagine X-Pac doing this to Kane? Or just the 1-2-3 kid doing this to Kane? Because Isaac Yankum is just dangling like a sack. Also, I would imagine if the kid knew how much this man would later mean to him in life, he would not try to eliminate this uh, innocent dentist. Barry Horowitz then eliminates Skip. Horowitz wins! Horowitz wins! Stay with us! As they go to commercial. It's really a great way to encourage me to stay. And we're back in your Brandon. Here we are. The ring has cleared out quite a bit since our commercial break. We've got some heels left in the ring. Those being Psycho Sid, Jean-Pierre Lafitte, or JPL, Owen Hart, and the Unidentist. The babyfaces include MJ, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Savio Vega. Get down, get funky. They show a replay where uh, there was a spot where three guys were eliminated in succession rather quickly during the commercial break. However, Kevin Dunn has decided to show this clip in slow motion on the double feature, and it takes about an entire minute to show this rapid succession happen in slow motion. Sid then tosses the big dentist machine, and the king is pissed. Vince, catching us all up to speed, a 20-man battle royal dwindling down to some uh, one, two, three, four, five, yes, six men. Uh... M.H. Who's M.H.? Oh, yeah. Typo. Marty Jannetty pins Owen Hart during this uh, battle royal because why not? The King catches this, though, and calls Marty brain damaged. I concur, as does Vince, because he's dead silent. 
Bam Bam Bigelow hits a weak-ass shoulder tackle on Sid. And Sid decides to hit the road. And he eliminates himself. Super fucking lame way to eliminate your monster, I might add. Razor Ramon is shown in the back watching this on a tiny television. He holds up five fingers as only five men remain. And he mumbles to himself. Bear with us! We have to take a commercial break! And we're back! Welcome back, everyone! Monday Night Raw, yes, live from Brandon, Manitoba! That one was actually something he said. And all of a sudden, we're down to four now. It's Savio, Marty Jannetty, JPL, and Owen Hart. Brandon, Manitoba whips up a Marty chant. I'll be damned. Vince imagines that Razor Ramon and Savio Vega, get down, get funky, would be a tremendous matchup. Savio Vega hits the Insiguri on Owen Hart. Irony. Marty Jannetty then skins the cat and tosses Savio with a head scissors. It's called What a Maneuver. JPL charges big back body drop and he's eliminated. So our final two are Marty Jannetty and the Rocket King, Owen Hart. Owen here really cosplays as Shawn Michaels. There are some crazy spots where he hangs on for dear life and barely gets eliminated. He's doing a fantastic job coming up with innovative ways to dangle on the apron and over the top. Seriously, he's like Plastic Man. And I mean that in all the right ways. It's comical, it's impressive, and it's athletic. Vince yells, Owen, goodbye, like a big old nerd. But Owen is safe and back inside the ring. He then hits his own version of the Insiguri. Marty Jannetty saves himself, though, in a very sloppy spot that's reminiscent of his demon battles. Owen tosses Marty Jannetty through the middle rope and hilariously acts like he won. It's fucking glorious. Marty Jannetty chases around Jim Cornette, who's just an innocent bystander. The British Bulldog is here! He attacks Marty Jannetty. It's the British Bulldog, fresh from defeating Diesel in your house! See? It is Concrete Man, after all. Not even one match complete, and we've already got three in your houses! Uh, the Bulldog tosses Marty Jannetty back in, and then Owen tosses him over the top. The King of Hearts is victorious, and will take on bad guy Razor Ramon next week for the Intercontinental Championship. You know, it was a battle royal, after all. I mean, did anyone really think the King of Hearts wouldn't win? Uh, the King is going to interview the King of Hearts after a brief 30-second intermission. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. It's a commercial for WrestleMania, the arcade game. No pain, no gain. This bad boy is eliminated on this. Is it's eliminated. Available on the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis, the Sega Mars 32X, who had one of those, the Sony PlayStation, and PC CD-ROM. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of ports. I would not have wanted to work for a claim and try to deal with all that bullshit. As someone who is responsible for quality control for different products, I could tell you that one would be a fucking headache. And folks, that Battle Royal, now that it's complete, according to the timestamp on Peacock, was half of the entire fucking episode of Monday Night Raw. So Vince's big solution to being pissed off was just grab the entire shitty non-main event roster, throw them out there into a goddamn battle royal so they can look stupid punching each other. It reeks of, I don't know what the fuck to do, so just go out there and eat up some time. Seriously. And I don't say this to throw shade at Bertha Faye or Alundra Blaze. I want that to be clear. But it's no wonder that the women main event this show because everybody else has already been used. And speaking of the main event, we're go we'll get there, but what the fuck is this? 
Alundra Blaze and Bertha Faye are main eventing Monday Night Raw? Does this destroy the historical narrative that Trish Stratus and Lita were the first to do it? I don't understand! Stay with us! Oh wait, we don't do commercials, do we? We are back, though, live in Brandon, Manitoba, for a post-match interview. First, though, we get a replay of the dog fearance with, you know, when the British Bulldog beat up Marty Jannetty. The king now interviews the other king, the Rocket King, Owen Hart. Owen's like, I did it! I beat everybody in the WWF! You know, why not just give Owen the Intercontinental title? Especially when you look at, well... We'll get there, and I'll explain. But it really seems like a good idea. He's never had it. He could benefit from it. Uh, he says he's the best there is, was, and will be, and that is that. Vince then sends us to a sweet match graphic of Bret Hitman Hart taking on Big Daddy Cool Diesel at the Survivor Series. You know, it's got the Capitol building because it's in Washington, D.C. They're playing... And it's even got the Milton Bradley Karate Fighters logo. It's a nice slice of nostalgia, I really must say. Well, let's take us back to last night in your house! Whoa! Wait a minute, Vince. Nobody told me that what happened in my house last night was going to be recorded. I may need a few moments to contact my lawyer before you show the footage. Oh, no, too late! Uh, We see Diesel pie-facing Brett. We see the bulldog slapping Brett. We see the attack that leads to the DQ when the hitman gets in the ring. And we see the post-match pull-apart brawl, all thanks to Coliseum Home Video. Interesting side note, I didn't notice this during the broadcast, but Brett the Hitman Hart is wearing a Calgary Hitman hockey jersey. The number on the back is two. And I love how, you know, they just couldn't give him a novelty jersey with a number one on the back because somebody in the offices was like, Eh, I don't really know we should give him number one. Give him number two. He won't even notice. Uh, We're promised to learn more about uh, Brett and Diesel later on in the show. But first, let's go to Doc, who has all the info on the Survivor Series and the Slam. Wait, what? What is the Slam? Milton Bradley Karate Fighters presents the Survivor Series Slam Jam. Oh, Oh, okay. It's some sort of event center type deal. Doc Hendricks is here in a pre-taped uh, interview segment. And he's, uh, you know, he's here to, to spill the tea, as, as the kidsters say. All right, Vinny Mac and Kingster, do I have some news for you? Three things here. First, Doc Hendricks, as he delivers that line, is dancing. And it's funny. Two. Like I said, he's in a control center type area with all sorts of WWF props, but right behind him is a massive portrait of himself, and I appreciate that little touch. Third, he actually called King Kingster, which is just hilarious, because I stole that from uh, Hulk Hogan calling Billy Kidman the Kidster uh, back on WCW Must Die. So it's nice to see that my humor is not wasted upon Doc. He also has one of those Brett the Hitman heart standees that likes to watch the kisters sleep, as we learned in the Great White North. Doc is here to promote the wild card match. We get the graphic and everything, and he lets us know who the participants are. But you know what? Doc's selling of this matchup isn't doing it for me. So let's imagine what it would sound like if Vince gave it to us back in the day like in the late 80s or earlier 90s with that sweet Survivor Series saxophone 
in the background. Team Captains Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels and the Supreme Intellect Dean Douglas lead teams consisting of Psycho Sid and the Mammoth Yoko Zoda alongside British Bulldog Davey Boy Smith alongside Rocket King Owen Hart teaming with Ahmed Johnson and the bad guy Razor Ramon. It's the Wild Cards versus the Wild Cards. So yeah, it's the Heartbreak Kid, Sid, uh, British Bulldog, and Ahmed Johnson taking on Dean Douglas, Yokozuna, Owen Hart, and the bad guy Razor Ramon. So yeah, if Owen and Razor are going to fight next week and they're going to be on this team, why not give Owen the belt for a little bit? That gives them an excuse to hate on each other even more at the Milton Bradley Karate Fighters presented Survivor Series. It just seems to make sense. Number two, who the fuck made Dean Douglas the captain of the other team? Yikes. By the way, this is all thanks to the fan-friendly president of an interim nature in the World Wrestling Federation, Gorilla Monsoon. Now, after Doc is done talking about the participants, much like a, a very poor children's television host from, like, Blue's Clues, he starts talking to the camera as if he can see all the way to Brandon, Manitoba. He's like, wait, hold on, Vince. What's going on back in the arena? Sure enough, we cut back to the arena, and Vince is like, Well, Doc, funny you should ask. It looks like Mr. Bob Backlund is out in the crowd here in Brandon, Manitoba, campaigning uh, in Canada. Which I will give you is actually pretty fucking funny. But it's not causing the type of ruckus that's large enough to panic Doc back in the Survivor Series Slam Jam arena that it did. And seriously... Like, am I, am I really supposed to take... Like, am I supposed to believe that this isn't some sort of nonsense? To make it worse, Vince is like, Well, Doc, things, things seem to be a little under control here in Brandon, Manitoba. Let's get back to you. We cut back to Doc, and he's like, Well, obviously a lot is going on back in the arena. At this point, the gun is so close to my mouth. Because I'm just like, are, do they really think... Like, I, I get trying to do something a little different. But come the fuck on. Anyway, back to those wildcard parents, as Doc calls them. What about, ah, Matt Johnson? You know, we only know two things about him. Oh, my God, Doc. Calmly, slowly, tell me what the two things you know about Ahmed Johnson are. Well, he's big and bad. Okay, that's fine. All right, Doc, continue. Well, speaking of it, here's Mr. Big and Bad, Ahmed Johnson himself. And then Doc throws to a pre-taped interview. He tells HBK not to worry because he has his back. Setting the scene for the Ultimate Challenge 2 at WrestleMania 13, which I've talked about ad nauseum on many podcasts. Should have had Sean versus Ahmed, champion versus champion, title versus title. But Farouk ruined all of that. Ahmed then warns Bulldog and Sid not to play that, and I quote... Tag game. Or he will show them the true meaning of medieval. So Ahmed Johnson is black. Ving Rhames is black. They're just the same person, I guess. Because Ving Rhames, famously in Pulp Fiction, uh, tells uh, Bruce Willis that he's going to get medieval on Zed and, you know, the gimp and all that shit. And uh, why not? Back to Brandon, Manitoba. Bob Backlund is still on the trail. 
Vince promotes that Newcomer Avatar is coming up, so stay with us. Also, Bertha Faye defends the championship of women's division nature against Alundra Blaze. All right, folks, we are back. And, uh, well, coming down the aisle, Avatar, the last jobber. I have never seen this before in my entire life. It is indeed Al Snow, without a mask on, looking like a rejected Mortal Kombat ninja. Kind of like a scorpion-reptile hybrid here. And so the entire Glacier gimmick was absolutely stolen from Avatar, right? I mean, Glacier? Snow? Hmm. Now this is strange. Coming down the aisle, he offers a kidster a fist bump. And then it looks like he immediately regrets it because he just kind of walks to the aisle like, oh shit, I don't think I'm supposed to be a babyface. Vince, on commentary, starts what I'm calling a deep depression for the rest of the episode. Uh, his, his energy and his enthusiasm seems to be a little evaporated. And it will get even worse. Alright, here we are. Newcomer Avatar. That's what he says. This new star is so exciting that Vince's mind wanders to the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Which is something I imagine it did quite a lot. Especially when Linda was around. And that's fine. It's actually kind of awesome. But Vince, bro, just be yourself. As uh, the genie from Aladdin would say. Shawn Michaels, for those of you that do not know, viciously attacked by a mob outside of a Syracuse nightclub and sustained a severe concussion that's currently being investigated by the proper authorities and Michaels, of course, hoping to return soon to action. In the ring now, Avatar puts on his mask. Vince finishes his sentence, and this is most unusual. First of all here, though, fans, it makes sense to acknowledge Shawn Michaels and what's happened because the pay-per-view was the first time anybody knew anything had even happened. And this is your first TV episode. It does, however, suck that you tape an entire month in one night because Shawn Michaels is going to be MIA this entire time. Second thing of uh, information I'd like to point out, Avatar's mask has the dumbest mouth hole I've ever seen in the history of anything. And I read a lot of comic books. Avatar then does a brief martial arts demonstration. Avatar, going through a uh, metamorphosis here. <laughs> King then says, hey, he kind of looks like a karate fighter to me. Which, you know, is certainly going to make sure that Avatar gets over. So, King, thank you. His opponent, though, Brandon and Brenda's older brother, Brian Walsh. Now, throughout this entire match, the closed captioning refers to Brian Walsh as Brian Lodge. So that's fun. I seriously don't know what's up with this evening's closed captioner. Racist, drunk, all sorts of shenanigans are afoot. Avatar getting ready for his debut. And Lundra Blaze in the locker room getting ready as well. That is secret code for Vince letting the boys in the back to make sure to double-check the super-secret Alundra Blaze camera is on and working, I'm sure. Interesting pivot here. All right, and King, how does it feel to wear a mask? <laughs> what? 
And that's not me. That's what the king says. Let me repeat this now that you know it's coming. All right, and king. How does it feel to wear a mask? Uh, uh, after King yells, what? Finn says, oh, I mean, well, uh, that's not yours. Um, well, uh, you, you've never worn a mask? Vince is again, I'm sure, thinking about the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, and the own mask that he wears for the public. Halloween's next week, McMahon! Oh, I see. <laughs> During the match, Avatar does a reverse crescent kick brain, to the brain, actually, of Brian Walsh. You see, Avatar is behind Brian Walsh. Brian Walsh is facing the hard cam. Al Snow does a super kick that misses by a country mile. Brian sells this by holding his head and then calmly stepping through the ropes and standing on the apron. Has to be seen to be believed, folks. Avatar then pushes Brian. Brian lands on the floor. Avatar leaps to the top, taking to the skies. Vince on commentary. Avatar going up to the top. And he's lost his balance. <laughs> yes, folks. Avatar does indeed fall off of the top rope. So he springboards over the ropes and hits a plancha instead. Or maybe he didn't lose his balance. Maybe that was his plan all along. And Brian Walsh on the receiving end of a most unusual maneuver by Avatar. A risk-taking individual. <laughs> He fucking calls him a risk-taking individual. I shouldn't laugh into the microphone, fans. I apologize. Back inside, Brian Walsh gets the advantage after Avatar comes off the top and misses a moonsault. Probably a good thing to have your brand new superstar do. Avatar, though, gets the comeback. Brandon, Manitoba, that being the city-slash-province, is unamused and silent this entire match. Avatar, though, then puts... Uh, Brandon Walsh, or no, fucking Brandon Manitoba, Brian Walsh in position for his big finish. You see, uh, Walsh is on his back. Avatar hits a standing moonsault, then stands up. He then stands on top of Mr. Walsh's chest. Works very hard to maintain he doesn't fall off. Leaps about a centimeter into the air and turns it into a big boy ultimate warrior splash. Seriously? Seriously? One, two, three. Poor Avatar, folks. Dead on arrival. Avatar then takes his mask off because the match is over. Vince? Nice looking young man. We then throw to Barry Dodinsky, who is wearing the cans from WrestleMania 11 that Jim Ross had to wear. And he's in the fucking aisle with the Brett the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels standees from the Great White North. Barry... Wishes he was with the real Heartbreak Kid and Brett the Hitman Hart, but says, Well, let's be honest, what are the chances of them coming to your real home? As opposed to my fake home, Barry. Also, Furniture Alert Barry mentioned home. Uh, if you're interested, free tapes are still available with every purchase you make. And again, Drunk on the Job closed captioner indicates that as opposed to 1-800-TITAN-91, the telephone number to call to purchase these uh, standees of beautiful men in tights is 1-800-TIGHT-91. I will let you insert your own joke here. Barry then gets some more furniture awards when he says, Imagine Shawn Michaels in your home. 
Imagine, Bret Hart at your dinner table. It's unbelievable, only in the World Wrestling Federation. Good Lord, I don't want Bret Hart anywhere near my dinner table saying things like, Oh, Johnny, how was your day? Oh, it was good. Yeah, that's good. My day was okay, too. Thanks for asking. Uh, Let me tell you about all the things I did today. Shut up, Brett! Piece of shit father. Never sitting at the dinner table with your boys. Blade, bow, nunchucks, and sigh. Anywho, when we return, the World Wrestling Federation Women's Championship will be defended when Big Bertha takes on Alundra Blaze. We then transfer to some hidden cam footage, I mean backstage footage, of Alundra Blaze exercising and doing some shadow kicking. We're back from commercial. Vince and King at ringside. Next week, Razor Ramon versus Owen Hart for the IC title. And soon to come, the Heartbreak Kid comments on his broken heart. Uh, more next week info here as Vince promotes the Battle of the Legends. Well, that's in- that actually sounds interesting. What could this be? I don't know because we cut to a quick video of Gold Dust indicating he's making his broadcast premiere next week versus... Savio Vega. All right, get down, get funky. And oh my God, fans, I have the video paused here so I can make this note. Vince promoted Goldust's big premiere against Savio Vega as Battle of the Legends. If we come back from this little video and Vince calls Savio Vega a Caribbean legend and Goldust some sort of bizarre legend, I just might end my life. We come back to Vince and the King and he doesn't say anything like that. Thank the maker but he does call gold dust a little bizarre. Here comes Bertha Faye and Harvey Whippleman. For some reason, Vince points out that Harvey weighs 138 pounds and Bertha weighs 238. Not sure why that matters. We're watching some footage of Bertha's victory at SummerSlam 95, but Vince cuts it off to let us know, oh my, Bertha just kissed Manny the ring announcer, and Harvey Whippleman is not pleased. We then get some weak-ass pyro in the entranceway, and here comes Alundra Blaze. You know, during her entrance, we get a brief glimpse of a girl at ringside with an Alundra Blaze picture and a toy championship belt. And it really is too bad that there wasn't a way to get more talent in this women's division. Because there's an entire generation of young girls that probably could have gotten into wrestling if only they had an avatar to follow. As Alundra climbs in the ring... I don't know why I noticed this, fans, but I do. She gets this stupid grin on her face like, Oh boy, here we go, another match in the WWF. It's very weird. We head to a commercial and we're back. And we didn't miss anything because Alundra's uh, music is still playing. Vince pontificates that Bertha might be too much girth for Alundra Blaze with her polka dots and all. I'm sure it's a nice dig at Dusty Rhodes there. The match is now underway. And I've never really seen Bertha Faye wrestle too much. She's very auditory in the ring. She talks and yells quite a bit. The match, I'm sad to say, is very sloppy, even from the start. There's a sad moment when a Lunder Blaze hits a sunset flip, uh, and she's trying to pull Bertha down. You know, we've all seen this spot. But a Lundra's hands slide right off of Bertha. Nonetheless, Bertha still continues to do the wow, 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 wow. Uh, but then she just sits out on Alundra because, again, there's no hand to anus contact. By the way, I believe at this point those who are close to Vince McMahon have probably put him on some sort of suicide watch because his 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 uh, tenor and tone have gotten even lower than before. Now, it almost sounds kind of like a whisper, and I know Vince whispering, much like myself, is probably how normal people just talk, but his energy and enthusiasm is gone completely. 
King mentions, though, anyone that wrestles Bret the Hitman Hart is his favorite wrestler. So it appears that Jerry the King Lawler and I do have something in common, after all. Hey, King, bring it in here for a hug. King then destroys the goodwill, and I no longer want a hug, when he calls Bertha Faye a pound or two overweight. Vince throws in, I beg your pardon. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Vince on the defense. A pound or two? You dick, Vince. Stay with us. We'll be back. And we're back. Bertha's still in control. Alundra Blaze gets tossed into the corner and does the flare flip. Alundra looks at Bertha. She waits for Bertha to charge. She has to visibly motion Bertha to charge at her. And uh, we start a babyface comeback. Missile Dropkick gets two. Ladies and gentlemen, at this moment, right here in Brandon, Manitoba, thanks to Monday Night Raw, I have actually learned something that I never knew before. Jerry the King Lawler says that Alundra Blaze's nose reminds him of Bullwinkle the Moose, loyal companion, of course, to Rocky the Flying Squirrel. He then says, you know, McMahon, there are a lot of meese here in Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, meese is the plural form of moose. I never heard it before in my life. I didn't believe it. I looked it up, and sure enough, it is. And this does make sense. I mean, after all, I see a goose becomes, hey, look, there are some geese. I love it. I had no idea. Fuck me sideways. I did indeed learn something here on this concrete man. Special report. A minute or two later, Alundra Blaze hits the stratosphere. Okay, sweet. Harvey tries to interfere, but collides with Bertha. Big German suplex, I don't mind saying. One, two, three, and we have a new WWF Women's Champion. Now, you wouldn't believe this if you were tuning in just now, because Manny, the ring announcer, when he makes the big call, much like he did in the Great White North, fucks it up. When he says, here is your winner, the WWF Women's Champion, Alundra Blaze. Alundra Blaze, of course, would eventually lose the title to a garbage can in the very near future. So this was indeed the main event match of the evening. But we still have one segment to go. So mystery solved. And boy, I sure do love a good technicality. We head to commercial. We're back. Vince promotes Savio and Goldust again by saying, it's a battle, actually, of uh, two legends. More hype for Razor versus Owen. And now, standing by, Jim Ross, with a rather subdued, I would suggest, Shawn Michaels. JR and HBK are indeed backstage, sitting in front of an ugly-ass wall. Shawn Michaels looks completely blitzed. Post-concussion syndrome or painkillers, you be the judge. JR wants to know how it felt to forfeit the gold. Sean's like, you know, I'm not the toughest or the most popular, but I'm the hardest worker, Jack. Getting beat up by nine guys is just the sort of thing that happens to a guy like me. But to give the championship that I worked hard for to someone overrated and undeserving doesn't sit well with me, Jack. The only thing that I liked about this whole thing was that Razor Ramon got the belt back, Jack. Jim Ross tells HBK that bad luck must be his middle name. Uh, and then transitions to hype to the wild card match when he'll have to tag team with enemies and a relative newcomer in Ahmed Johnson. 
HBK is like, oh, yeah, why don't we just rebook this thing so my tag team partners are the Syracuse Thugs. But I'm not going to cry about it, Jack. And if my tag team partners don't line up with me, I'm going to kick their teeth right down their throat. And that is the end of Monday Night Raw. So, folks, my final analysis here, the whole reason we did this little side project, Vince McMahon is very depressed. The show was an absolute mess. And I honestly think he has no idea what the fuck to do about it. Let's get into our awards, the AEIOUs. Well, folks, the most amazing moment of the evening, to me, was Owen Hart acting like he won the 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal when he threw Marty Jannetty through the middle ropes. The most embarrassing thing that happened all night was Doc Hendricks pretending to see the arena. Hey, Vince, looks like something's crazy's going on in that arena. The most insane thing of the entire evening. Next week, the Battle of the Legends. Okay, whatever, Vince. The most outrageous thing that happened this evening. The image of Bret Hart at my dinner table. And of course, the most unbelievable thing that happened all night. Vince McMahon begging Jerry the King Lawler for help. How does it feel to wear a mask? Unbelievable indeed. And folks, I hope you've had a good time here in the Aqua Cave for this Concrete Man special report. Of course, next time on Concrete Man, another special report. That's right, breaking news here in the Aqua Cave. Because the next time on Concrete Man, I want to take a look at the wild card match. So we're going to do a Concrete Man episode on the wild card match. Yes, indeed. Let's see if the Heartbreak Kid, back to his normal self, back in the ring, can turn Vince McMahon's heart back to normal and break this concrete cocoon that is currently encased in. Thanks for subscribing to the Aqua Cave. That way you get notified whenever new content drops. I'm Johnny C. And a winner is you.